Hallelujah. Let's pray and jump into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true and it works in our lives every single time that we apply it. And I thank you that you're behind the scenes working on our behalf. You're never asleep. Nothing ever surprises you. Hallelujah. And you're good and looking out for our best interests all the time, Father. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's do our catalog of truths, part six. Today, we're going to talk about our purpose, our gifts and calling. There's two parts to purpose, gifts and calling. We'll see all that in the scripture. Our jumping off point again, 2 Peter 1, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Peace, arena in the Greek that we'd be exempt from the rage and the havoc of war. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace, shalom, the Hebrew for peace. It actually says shalom, shalom, or peace, peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts thee. We saw that the Hebrew word for peace, shalom, slang-wise in the Hebrew Vernacular means nothing missing, nothing broken. Explicitly, it means spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health, financial health, and safety. And we saw last couple weeks the beginning of the three keys to getting and experiencing peace, peace in your life is having an identity statement, a purpose, and a vision. Identity, purpose, and vision. Right, and we talked about identity statement last week. How you, and that's up to you to decide who you want to be and how you want to comport yourself and how do you want to behave as you're going through this life. And your vision, we'll see that uh, in future weeks. That's up to you to decide, right? According to your faith, be it unto you. However, you will be it unto you, right? So you get to decide who you are and how you're going to act. You get to decide where you're going, but God sets your purpose. God sets your purpose here on the planet, and it's up to you to discover that. And I got to tell you, man, this is one of the, wor- the the most frustrating things for me is that people have no idea what their purpose is. They didn't even think about it. They're just going through life, never discovering their purpose. But we're going to see that, right, that, that Jesus gives us the numbers. He said it's a very puny amount of people will actually choose to discover their purpose, and fulfill it. Today, we're going to focus on how to discover that purpose. We're going to, disco- we're going to go through the scriptures. And, I was, and listen, this is easier than you think. This isn't some difficult thing. I remember, Jesus said, my uh, burden is easy and my yoke is light. Or my burden is light and my yoke is easy, right? Either way, it's easy and light, however you want to say it. Okay, so let's look in Romans 8, verse 28. We'll jump off here when we're talking about purpose. This is great. And this, the first half of this verse is very familiar to everybody. You could probably quote it, but the second half of the verse is what that gets chopped off. This is where the, the second half of the verse is where the magic happens. Okay. The first half of the verse says this, Romans 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Right? We know that part of the verse. All things work together for them for good. That's usually where they stop it. All things work together for good, but then they leave off to to them that love God part. And then they leave this second half of the verse off, which is this. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, all things, we know this, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Let me break that down. The called, 
Remember, your purpose is two things. It's the calling, and then he equips you to do uh, your purpose, right? He gives you equipment, gifts, abilities, talents to go with this calling, and those two things, gifts and talents plus calling equals your purpose. This says to them who are the called, according to his purpose. Let me break that down. And the word according means to be in agreement with. And this Greek word according means to daily cover in agreement, or I could just read it like this, daily acting in agreement with his purpose. So we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who took up the calling and are daily acting in agreement with his purpose. It's his purpose, not yours. You have to discover what his purpose was for you. And I'll walk you through all this, right? You were born with a purpose. Like, you, before you even showed up on the planet, well, let's just get into the scripture, right? Remember, well, here's where we jumped off last week. We talked about identity and how we're all members of the body of Christ, right? 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll start in verse 12. For the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body also in Christ. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into the body, whether we're Jew or Gentile, bond or free, all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it not therefore still the body? Listen, this is what you, the foot can't have the purpose of the hand. The foot, by the time you came out of the birth canal, the foot was the foot. And it has a purpose, walking, kicking, right? Not scratching your, you know, eating all that stuff. With you. The, the hand has a purpose, and the the foot can't just be like, "Well, I'm the hand." See, this is the you have to discover your purpose. The foot had to discover what its purpose is. Can't just be like, "Well, I'm not in the body because I'm not the part I want to be." Listen, I know we've been grown up when we grew up. Our moms told us, "You can do anything you want. You can't do anything. You can't do anything you want." You have to discover the thing that God built you to do, and you could be absolutely great at that. If you're the foot, you could be great at playing soccer. You could be great at dancing. You could be, but you can't decide. The foot can't be like, well, I'm going to be the hand. If you're, great, if you're great at the foot, you can't be the eye. No matter what you want to be like, well, I, I can do anything I want. No, you can't. If you're the foot, your purpose, and you were built to be a foot, you can't see. You could be, you look at the eye and want to be the eye all you want, and all it'd be is a life of frustration because you haven't discovered what your purpose is. You haven't discovered your calling and gifts and abilities. You haven't discovered what you were created for. Why are you here on the planet? If you don't discover that, it's going to be an exercise in frustration your entire life. If the ear, verse 16, shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not part of the body. Is it not therefore part of You're still part of the body, but you're, you're useless if you refuse to do your purpose, if you haven't discovered your purpose, you refuse to carry out your purpose, unless you don't have to, most people never do. It's very frustrating. If the whole body were the eye, where would be the hearing? Whole body were the hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18. Here it is. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased him. Who, who gives you your purpose? Who sets you in the God. You have to discover what your purpose is. And then jump down to verse 27. It says, now we are the body of Christ, the members in particular. You each have a different, an individual purpose. 
What is your purpose? Why are you here on the planet? This is, an, this is so huge. This is, I mean, this is everything. Like God built you, created you, put in your DNA. He wired you and set you here at this time, such a time as this. For right now, in this point in history, he could have sent you here at any time, but you're here now. Why are you wasting it not understanding what your purpose is? You don't even, what the, why would you not choose to jump onto his what the calling is, find out, discover the purpose, and do it. Why I don't understand why you wouldn't. You're gonna if you spend your whole life wishing you were something else, or not even discovering your purpose. Look over Ephesians one and verse sixteen. This is the Ephesians prayer. I pray it every day over myself. I pray to those that I'm assigned to. So if you're assigned to me, I'm praying this over you every single day. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation knowledge of him, and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know, and that Greek word is know and experience, that you may know and experience what is the hope or the confidence, the confident expectation of his calling. What are the riches of the glory and the inheritance of the saints? Listen, I'm praying for you if I'm assigned to you, and you should pray this for yourself that you would know and experience that confidence that comes from what his God ordained his purpose is for you. And you're daily covering it and you're acting in daily agreement with it, your God ordained purpose, there comes a huge level of confidence and you can expect peace, peace. You can expect nothing missing, nothing broken. But if you're not fulfilling your purpose, uh, you're, of course you're missing or broken. It's like an ear that can't hear, that thinks I'm the eye. Well, how's that going to work out? Not too good. Listen, this whole thing about calling, I, I want to look at this because people be like, well, many are called, but few are chosen. God's chosen. God chose me to do this or chose me. God chose all of you. It's your choice. He calls every single person. He puts inside of you, by the time you come out of the birth canal, you are, have everything that you need supernaturally. You have everything that you need equipment-wise, right, the seeds of that to get started. Now, yes, you have to learn and grow, just like right, we talked about that in the other parts, right? You have to learn and grow. You have to develop. You have to do things. But the seeds, the, he puts it, he imprints it on your DNA, what your purpose is. Every single one of us has this calling. I want to look at this story in Matthew 22. It's really a parable. Matthew 22 and verse 1. Jesus uh, is talking, and he, say, and he spake to them in parables, and he says in verse 2, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. So having this big, his son's getting married. It's a big party, and he's got the catering, right? He's got the, the cool band, right? It's an open bar, not on a budget, right? This is a huge party. In verse 3, he sent forth his servants to call all them that were bidden to the wedding, but they would not come. And again, he sent forth other servants telling, saying, tell them which are bidden, behold, look, I prepared my dinner. The oxen, the fatlings, they're all killed. The barbecue's cooking. The coals are hot. Things are ready. Come, come on, come to the marriage, come to the party but they made light of it and they went their ways. Remember they, so they, uh, where your focus goes, your body follows. 
Yeah, yeah, they didn't pay attention to that. And they went their way. One to his farm, the other to his merchandise, to his business. And the remnant, the ones that were left over that didn't have a farm or business to go take, what they did, and this is what a lot of people do, right? So instead of, they didn't have anything going. They had no purpose anyway. So what they did is they took his servants and entreated them spitefully, and then they killed them. They made fun of them, right? They uh, tortured them, and then they killed them. And when the king heard of it, in verse 7, he was very angry. And he set forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned their entire city. <laughs> Meanwhile, the barbecue's still cooking. And in verse 8 of Matthew 22, then he said to other servants, the wedding is ready. But they which were bidden, they weren't worthy. They didn't choose. So he invites all these people, and they chose not to come. Not only did some of them not choose not to come, others of them killed his servants, the ones that brought the invitation. And in verse 9, he said, Go therefore into the highways, and as many as you find. In the Greek it says, all that you find. Go into the highways, and all that you find, invite them, call them, bid them to the marriage. Bid them to this party. And so the servants went out into the highways, and they gathered together all as they found. Both, look at this, both good and bad, both bad and good. They gathered together everybody, they brought in everybody, bad and good. Who? Who was called? Who was invited? Who was brought in? Everybody, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And the king came in to see the guests, and he saw a man that didn't have on a wedding garment. And he said, friend. How did you come in hither without having a wedding garment? And the guy was speechless. It says, and he was speechless. Then the king said to his servant, Hey, bind this guy hand and foot, take him away, cast him in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 14. For look at this in your Bible and get your pen out. I'm going to help you. For many are called, but few are chosen, is what it says in the King James. That word are is in italics, or are chosen, so you could just cross that out. That's something the translators put in there. It's not a Greek word. It's not one of the words that's in the original text. It says, for many are called. That Greek word, many, is pulios. It is also the word altogether it's translated, and it's also translated as common, available to the entire public. Not just many, but altogether. And altogether means, it's the definition of altogether is something that encompasses everyone or everything. So for altogether common, the entire public, encompassing everyone, are called. For altogether are called. For the entire public is called. For every, that account, everyone that's on the planet is called. But few Puny is the Greek word, minuscule amount. And where it says chosen is the Greek word choose, not chosen. Choose. Few choose. Few select. For altogether, all of us are called, but few, very minuscule amount actually choose. See, and this is the thing that, seriously, there's only going to be a very small percentage, not of everybody on the planet, because it's good or bad that will find out their purpose, that choose to find out and discover their purpose. Everybody has a purpose. Everyone's called. You all have this holy calling. Holy means devoted to a single purpose. We're going to look at that in a minute. The calling is holy. You are called to a single purpose. Everyone has it. All together. The entire public. Bad or good. And you 
can choose or not choose. Listen, God's a pro-choice God. He said in Deuteronomy, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. It's better. But it's your choice. You could choose or not choose. Puny amount of people choose. Very few. And even, listen, there's a puny amount of people that are listening to me right now. And even out of that group, there's even a punier amount that will actually choose to discover their purpose and then fulfill it. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind, disciplined mind. Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the, or in agreement with the power of God. So he's, oh, there's afflictions. Yes, there's afflictions to the gospel. The good news is you don't have to be poor. The good news is you don't have to be bound up. The good news is you don't have to be sick. The good news is that's what the gospel is, is good news. If it's not good news, it ain't the gospel. There are afflictions that come with this. People, even today, they get mad. They'd be like, oh, you just like health and prosperity. Yes, why wouldn't you? Like, and, and for you people that would say you don't want health and prosperity, or you don't want wealth and prosperity, you don't want wealth and health, then stop going to the doctor when you're sick and quit going to work and paying your mortgage. You're, you're delusional. You're like the ear that thinks you're the eye. There are, there's afflictions that come with giving the good news. People just can't stand it. You know who the ones who can't stand it? They're just like those guys at the marriage shop. They didn't have anything to do, so they spitefully used the servants that brought the good news, the call, and then they killed them. There's stuff that happens. There's affliction because, listen to this, smallness always reacts in a bad way to somebody who is, knows their purpose. I could always tell what your mindset is. See, people who know their purpose, we could list them off. Good or bad, bad or good, it doesn't matter. People that know their purpose, there's smallness that takes shots at them. And there's afflictions that come. Yeah, the haters are going to hate. Verse 9. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. Devoted to a single purpose. Holy. Devoted to a single purpose. The invitation for you to be devoted to a single purpose. Not according to our works. Not in agreement with my works. My own agenda, I could say. Right? My works are my agenda. Not, not in agreement with what I want. See, you can't pick what you want. You can't do anything that you want to do. You're only... You have to discover, the next phrase is this, but in accordance with his own purpose, in agreement with his purpose. Not in agreement with your agenda. You can't be the ear wanting to be the eye. You have to be in agreement with whatever his purpose is, whatever he wired you to do. And look at this. In agreement with his own purpose and grace, which was given us this holy calling, this purpose was given us in Christ Jesus when? Before the world began, not the earth, but the world. That's but the the world. This present system happened when he created Adam and Eve. Right then, he had already decided when you were coming and what your purpose was, and you can decide what you do with it. You don't have to do it, but listen, your purpose was given to you before the found, before the world even began. He already had in mind 
Look, we know that in Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you. I picked you for this purpose. And then we find out that once you, you know, that God always equips you with the abilities to fulfill your purpose. He doesn't give you a purpose that you can't fulfill. And you can't fulfill a purpose that you're not equipped to deal with. We see this, the purpose is calling plus your gifts or your talents or your abilities or that equipment to fulfill your purpose. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, or it says irrevocable in the Greek. Irrevocable, irrevocable, however you want to say tomato, tomato. You had these gifts and this calling before the world even began. And if you want to just, you can't get your head around that. It's definitely in your, when you were in your mama's belly. It's in your DNA. God always equips you with the abilities. And look, you could just go down the list, right? Moses, he tells him, you're going to go get the Israelites out. And he's like, well, and go tell Pharaoh this. Well, I can't talk good. He's like, yeah, well, I'll help you out. And Jeremiah right here in this, he's like, Jeremiah, he gets this word of the Lord says, I knew you from the beginning of your belly. He's like, well, I'm just a child. I can't speak. He's like, I'll give you the words. Don't worry about it. I'll help you grow up. Samson, you're going to deliver Israelites. It gives them, you know, supernatural strength. Wisdom given to Solomon to rule. And on and on. You could go through, I mean, I, <laughs> Drew and I were talking about this yesterday. I was like, you know what? I had to keep cutting. I still, I, you know, there's so many examples about this in the Bible. It's just like character after character, Ruth, Esther, you know, Deborah, a judge. Yeah, a, a female judge, right? And Barack, her, you know, her sidekick, a man who couldn't get it done without her help because he didn't have confidence. You know, Gideon. It's just on and on. I mean, there's so much. I have to keep cutting, chopping, cutting, chopping. You go study these things out for yourself. That's part of you discovering. See, I, it's not up to me to tell you what your purpose is or anybody else. It's for you to discover what it is. Remember, we talked about that last week in Proverbs. Get, separate yourself away from everybody. Seek wisdom, intermingle with it, and let your heart discover itself. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Listen, you, this is in you. It's just like when you were born, you come out of the birth canal, you have these things, both good and bad, however you want to be, whatever your identity is and how you want to comport yourself, whatever you want to do with it, with your vision, this, is, this doesn't go away. You can be obedient or be disobedient to this purpose. You could, right? But these gifts and call, the, the calling, your purpose and your gifts, why you're here on the planet and your equipment to do it, never goes away. You can't put it back in the, it's like going back into the birth canal. You can't be unborn. You can't get rid of these things. It's part of your DNA. Your God-given abilities, your talents and your strengths, what we call your natural gifts, what we'll see here in a minute, they're your supernatural gifts. Whatever your God-given abilities are, the things that come to you, quote, quote, naturally, always point to your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, then let's just back it up and look, what are your gifts? What are your strengths? What are you drawn to? It, it points straight to your purpose. 
let's look at this. In 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to look at this. We call, it's called spiritual gifts. But it really, it says in the Greek, supernaturals. The word, if you look in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. It literally says this in the Greeks. Now concerning supernaturals, brethren, I wouldn't have you ignorant. Concerning supernaturals. And then he explains what these supernaturals are and what they can be. I don't want to look at it as super practical. See, we, man, hell is so tricky because if he could keep you from figuring out your purpose, You'll never excel in life. You'll never experience God's riches on in life. You'll never experience nothing missing, nothing broken. You'll never experience peace, peace. You'll never experience spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health, financial health, and safety. You'll never experience all the things that God, all the promises are yes and amen. You won't experience it because you have to fulfill your, you have to be inside. You you can't be the eye deciding to be the ear. You can't be the foot deciding to be the hand. He, God gives you gifts, supernatural abilities to fulfill your purpose. And they point to your purpose. Like here's the thing, right? The NFL draft is coming up. You guys know I got, you know, clients at high level athletes. Running a 40-yard dash in 4.3 seconds is not natural. It's natural to run 40 yards. It's supernatural to run 40 yards in 4.3. That's a supernatural. Doing a squat is natural. Squatting 800 pounds on your back is supernatural. Now, concerning supernaturals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand. No man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Well, you ought to just hang on to that right there for a second. If you're saying Jesus is Lord, who can only, the only place it could come from is by where? The Holy Spirit. Verse 4, now there are diversities or varieties or different kinds of gifts. That is the Greek word charisma. It means miraculous facilities or faculties. It's personal, magical influence. It's the ability to attract the attention and admiration of others. Different kinds of charisma, different kinds of this internal facilities. Give you an example of one that, like uh, Elton John. He has, the, he has an internal, a miraculous facility to attract attention and the admiration of others through his music. Bill Clinton did it through shaking hands and speaking. Bill Clinton, supernatural Charisma, it's how he got elected. Whether you love him or hate him, if you are in his space, he makes you feel his personal magical influence. Even his greatest, right, back in the day, Newt Gingrich right, was his greatest political enemy. He's like, man, he's a pretty nice guy. He's a pretty awesome. Right, because, <clears throat> and he's flying on Air Force One with him. Right, this is huge. So that's the first level, is, is these internal miraculous, magical, personal, magical abilities to attract attention and the admiration of others. If you don't have charisma, relax. It's okay. You weren't built to be that. 
be like, well, I just want to be Elton John. Well, unless you have that supernatural ability that was born, you were born with, you're not going to be Elton John. Verse 5. So we're going to get super practical with this. The hell has switched it, so just think it's like talking about being in church. Apophets, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. Yes, those are set into the church to help equip the saints, to lead the saints, actually for perfecting the saints, to help the saints discover what their purpose is out in the world. Not for all of us to try and become one of the five-fold quote-quote ministries, not to get into ministry. And so hell's twisted this all around so that the church is completely powerless. The right, Good or bad, we're all called good or bad. If I, People outside the covenant get this better than people in the covenant. Verse 5, and there are differences or diversities or varieties of administrations. Administrations is just a process or activity of running or leading a business organization or government, but the same Lord. Difference administration, day. So here's another supernatural, running stuff. You know who isn't really charismatic? He doesn't really attract, you know, attention or admirers. Jeff Bezos. But that guy has a supernatural ability to run an organization. Amazon. Lee Iacocca was one when I was growing up. Jack Welsh, another one. General MacArthur, General Eisenhower. These guys, General Patton, right? (laughs) They could run stuff. Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations. The word operations means performance of practical work, something involving the practical application of principles or processes. Practical application of principles or processes. But the same God works all in all. You know who is like got supernatural? Like doesn't have like a ton of supernatural physical talent. Not really charismatic because, I mean, some people admire him because of what he does, but they are not really, not really. A lot of people, a lot of haters. Not really running the organization, but Tom Brady. Supernatural performance of the practical work of running the process of the, the offensive system that's in place. Diversities of operations, varieties of operations. Supernatural. Supernatural ability to do practical work. Running a process. Verse 7. Highlight this. But the manifestation of the Spirit. So when you plug into your supernaturals and everybody sees it, look what it's given for. What's the purpose of these supernaturals? To every given, to every man, good or bad, to profit with all. Your supernatural abilities were given to you, every single person, every human was given these, and it's for your profit. As soon as you plug in to your supernatural, I call it in the corporate world, we call it the zone of, zone of genius. What's your genius, your zone of genius?
Let me talk about that real quick. So there's a guy named Gay Hendricks who's a psychologist that wrote this book called The Big Leap. And this is, you look it up if you want to. But he says there's like four zones that we all work in. Zone of incompetence. And in this zone, you're just engaging in something you really don't understand and you're not skilled at. It's like when you're first riding a bike. Then you can move up to the zone of competence. In this zone of competence, you're doing, you're efficient at it, and you recognize that many other people are likewise efficient at what you're doing, but it doesn't distinguish your capabilities in any significant way. You're just average. It's what most of you are operating in, the zone of competence. Then you move up to the zone of excellence. In this zone, you're doing something you are tremendously skilled at because you practiced, you worked, you grounded out, tremendously skilled at, and often the zone of excellence is cultivated, it's practiced, it's established over time. My zone of excellence is I'm a, I'm a really good, I'm an excellent shooter, six times uh, expert marksman in the Marine Corps, right, always shot high expert but not the best. I'm not even close to being the best. Right? It's my zone of excellence. I'm, I'm super competent, first-class PFT-er, right? That's physical fitness, always at the top, right? Even in my 40s, I was scoring at the top of, you know, the 25 to 20, you know, 21 to 25-year-old age bracket. But I'm not, you know, I'm not, it's not my zone of genius. I ain't chariots of fire, you know, marathoner. I'm not Usain Bolt. Excellent at driving the car, vehicle dynamics. I can make the car drive. If you've been with me, you know I can drive. I'm excellent at it, but not my zone of genius. I ain't Mario Andretti or Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon, any of those super champion drivers. But the zone of genius, in this zone, you capitalize on your natural, or he says natural, I say supernatural abilities. You capitalize on your supernatural abilities, which are innate. They're not learned. This is the state which you get into the flow. You find ceaseless inspiration. You seem to not only come up with the work that is distinguished and unique, but you also do it in a way that excels far and beyond what anybody else is doing or even has ever done. This is, this is your super, when you plug into your supernaturals, it launches you past everybody else. Like Elton John. The dude is like anointed. Supernatural. I mean, he's far, which is funny because he didn't even think of it. If you like, I I know him personally because I was on his detail. But you could, you know, why, he just the reason that he had all these crazy outfits is because he didn't believe that he was talented enough as a musician that he had to distract people. This is right. So your zone of genius is where you're operating in the flow. It's beyond what everybody else can do. It's not something that you learned or cultivated. And let me tell you this. Operating in your zone of excellence, you have to do the work and because operating in your zone of excellence gives you the legal right to perform your zone of genius. Elton John had to do the work and become an excellent piano player and songwriter before he hit his zone of genius, before we record to give him the legal right to be in the zone. If he didn't do his practicing, if he didn't get go through incompetence to competence to excellence and do the work, he could have never got to the point where he's in the zone of genius. My zone of genius is, is being able to see exactly what needs to be done ahead of time, which is why I was the leader, the agent in charge of Nancy Pelosi's detail. I plugged in 
the right tools at the right time, regardless of my emotion, my zone of ex, my zone of excellence got me there. That's what got me to the job. I didn't start out as the agent in charge. I had to work my way. But the zone of excellence, being excellent at what I do, gave me the legal right to operate in my zone of genius. First Corinthians 12 and verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So I'm going to help you. Look, these all point to your purpose. The word of wisdom is the mental faculty of making great decisions. That's the word of wisdom. If you make great decisions, this is one of my zones of genius. This is one of my supernaturals that I can, I have the mental faculty. It also says the word computation. I compute, I calculate, and I make great decisions. To another, the word of knowledge or the mental faculty of understanding the science of things, the workings of things. Now, I love science, but I'm, listen, I'm no scientific genius. This is not one of my supernaturals. I love to read science, but I'm not a scientist. I can barely get my uh, hands around, you know, algebra, let alone calculus five. Verse nine, to another is faith, absolute assurance and conviction. By the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. That's the word, the cure. But it's not just that I lay hands on you and you get up out of the bed. It's the, the word is that to cause any undesirable condition to be overcome. So you could be, have a, you could be the gift of healing in, in any area of life. Not just physical healing, but spiritual healing, mental healing, emotional healing. Right? It's just nothing missing, nothing broken. You come in financial healing. Safety, you could provide safety. If you can cause any undesirable condition to be overcome, you have the gift of healing. Let, I'll talk about this in a minute. But uh, even somebody who we wouldn't say is very talented or whatever, like say a special needs kid, I've seen them had the gift of healing. They help because they're in the life of somebody, the parents, the brother, the sister, they help overcome any undesirable condition. Just by living their life and overcoming their own undesirable condition, they are such a huge inspiration that they, like seriously, if somebody is in your circle that's, you know, they probably have the gift of healing in your life, if you know what I'm talking about. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles. That's the Greek word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from. The working of explosive ability, force, power, strength, violence. This is where all my, you know, Marines, Navy SEAL, Rangers, SF buddies come in. They worked up, man, they got some supernatural abilities for explosive power, force, and violence. It's where all my NFL, you know, and NBA, you know, partners and, you know, buddies and clients, and they all come in. They've got supernatural explosives. They're working in miracles. The MMA fighters. To another, prophecy, prediction or anticipation. It's not just like, you know, Nostradamus. It's actually the word prediction. You have the ability to anticipate and predict. This is also one of my supernaturals. I can look ahead and see where something's going. It's like standing on top. I, I, the only way I can explain it is I'm standing on top of like a skyscraper and I could see 
a train running down a track and I can see it uh, from one direction and a car driving on the highway in another direction, I could see where they're going to crash if somebody doesn't change. And then what we have to do to change course so that doesn't tra- there isn't a train wreck way off in the distance. To another, discerning of spirits or the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, which way the winds are blowing. This is somebody, I mean, this is like huge in business. If you can discover which way you can grasp some um, obscure thing and see which way the winds are blowing and then make the, you could go there. You could fit, you could figure out how to use the wind in your sails. These are the guys that like, uh, that movie, the big short, you know, in 2008, when the financial crash, the guys that saw that they had discernment of which way the wind was blowing. They made massive amounts of money. Betting against the market when everything was just going up and up and up and then everything crashed. Discerning of spirits. Like, this is a huge supernatural. I wish I had it. I don't. To another, the word, uh, it says diverse kinds, diverse kinds, but that's in italics. The word is genomes of tongues. And I know we've made this crazy, crazy, it's genomes, kinds of languages. You have the supernatural ability and also the interpretation of those languages. And it's not just French, Spanish, English, and Greek, but uh, the medical world has a set of lang- has a language. The engineering world has a language. The finance world has a language. The legal world has a language. Science and physics have a language. Biology has a language. Business has a language. Real estate has a language. If you have the supernatural ability, and listen, this is really, this is a supernatural ability to, br- to bridge gaps. If you can speak and pick up anybody's language and interpret it, think about how, if you could walk into any setting, any, not just, you know, national culture, because it's Gino, different kinds of languages, but any industry and pick up their language and interpret it immediately, you're not stuck in the jargon. You know how much that would profit you? Verse 11, but all these worketh that one and self-same spirit. Every one of them come from the Holy Spirit. Who divides, dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. Not as you will. You can't pick your supernatural. You can't do anything you want to do. What you have to do is discover what it is that he gave you and go to work with it. Verse 12, for as the body is one, hath many members, all members of that one body, member of one body being also Christ. This is where we started off. Can the ear and the eye. Right? So Paul, he tells us the body part. That's what I gave you easier to understand first. And then I came back up to the top. That's how Paul writes. He gives you the punchline first, and then he you have to unwind how he writes. He gives you the bottom line at the top. Built on the foundation, we're all members of the body, you're not, everybody's not the fo- members in particular. God set us in the body. Oh, and by the way, back up at the top of the chapter, he gave us supernatural abilities to fulfill that purpose. And he gives every man individually however he wants, not as you want, as he wants. Your job is to discover your supernatural and go to work. He's like, well, how do I do that? It's what your heart stirs you up to do. What are you, let me ask you, what are you drawn to? 
Whatever you're drawn to, what your heart stirs you up, the work your heart stirs you up to do, the thing that you, man, it's just so great what I'm doing, I'm in the zone, that points to your purpose. Let's look in Exodus 35, 25. You'll see this. Exodus 35, 25. And they're, they're, like, they're putting together the tabernacle. They're in the desert, right? They left Egypt, they had children of Israel, and God, Moses has this vision of how to do the tabernacle. He gives, God gives it to them, and they have to do all this, I mean, just supernatural, crazy workmanship. If you read all the details, you're like, how in the world are they going to get all this done? So in verse 25 of Exodus 35, and all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought all them which they had spun of blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen in verse 26. And all the women who came, all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hairs. It's your heart that stirs you up to do the work. And remember, wisdom is the skill in making decisions, right? And that comes from revealed knowledge and eyes enlightened, understanding. So all the women, this, their heart stirred them up. Wise-hearted women, they have wisdom in their heart to do this work. They got the skill to do this work. It's because their heart stirred them up. And in verse 31 of Exodus 35, and he hath filled him, God had filled him with the spirit of God. Filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom. This is whose heart stirs you up to do the work. The spirit of God, right? And all this is supernaturals. Dividing to every man severally as he will. Filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of worksmanship. That sounds like all the supernaturals that we just talked about. All manner of workmanship, all manner of knowledge, all manner of understanding, all manner of wisdom, filled by the Spirit of God. In verse 35, them hath he filled with the wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver, of the cunning workman, of the embroiderer in blue and purple, scarlet, fine linen, and the weaver, even them that do the work and those that devise cunning work. And skip over to Exodus 36 and verse 2, and we'll see this. And Moses called Bazalel and Ali Ahab, and every wise-hearted man and woman in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come do the work, to do it. Your heart stirs you up to do a certain amount of work, to whatever that kind is, whether it's all manner of workmanship. Could be, you know, being the embroiderer, the engraver, all manner of work. Your heart stirs you up to do it. We see this, that the Spirit of God will fill you with this supernatural. But they were all born with this. As soon as their heart stirred them up and they started to do it, this is the interesting thing, man. That's how you go from the zone of incompetence to competence to excellence to the zone of genius. Your heart stirs you up to do the work. You begin practicing and you do your work. And you do your work and be excellent about it. And you find your supernatural ability, and that's the lane you stay in. You get to profit from that. If you don't get there to that zone of genius and your supernatural ability, if you don't fulfill your purpose, your calling, plus your gifts, and remember, your gifts always lead to your calling. So what are you going to do with your supernaturals? What are you doing with them? Listen, you do not have to fulfill your purpose. That's clear. Because many are called, but only a few choose. Altogether, everyone is called. Pulos, many, altogether. The common public, the entirety is called, but only puny, minuscule amount choose to do something with the gifts and the calling 
that are from God, they're irrevocable, and you're wasting your life, wasting it, not fulfilling your purpose, not honing in on your, your zone of excellence and, and your zone of genius. Yes, you have to do your work. Yes, you want to get better. Yes, you got to practice. That's what being in the excellence zone gives you the legal right to be in your genius zone. Let's just use Tom Brady, for example. His zone of genius is on the field, being able to win Super Bowls, win playoff games, see exactly what needs to be done. But if he didn't do the zone of excellence of, you know, working out and staying fit and, and running as fast as he can run and lifting his body, he's, not, he's never going to be the strongest guy, the fastest guy. But he's the guy, the general. But he has to do all those things to even be in the league. To, that, to be excellent enough, right? Excellent with nutrition and fitness and strength and conditioning and uh, agility and flexibility. So they're not putting him out there to run the ball. They're not putting him out there to tackle people. But he's got to be excellent in the fundamentals of the game in order to have the legal right to operate in his zone of genius. I hope you guys can get this. In your zone of excellence, it gives you the legal right to operate in your zone of genius. But you don't have to be excellent. You don't have you could just be in be competent. You don't even have to be competent. Most of you are just like hanging out. You have no idea what your super and if and here's the here's the the worst part is a lot of you do know what your supernatural strengths are, and you just can't see a way that you could get your bills paid by doing it. So you never, you know, enhanced your gift. You never went to work on it. You never did anything to make it flourish. And you're not doing it, you're not putting yourself in the spot where you can use it. And so now you're miserable. You're going to always struggle. If you're not operating in your gift and calling, gifts and calling, there's it's gifts plural, you'll have more than one supernatural. But and I'll show you here in a minute in the scripture, you don't even have to have more than one. But if you do have one, you could get more. And if you have two, you could get more. And if you have five, you could get more. It's what you do with it. If you take the one that you have and you are faithful with it, you get another one. And then you do that and you're faithful with it, you get another one. Listen, the Apostle Paul didn't start out as the Apostle Paul. Even after he got knocked off his horse, the first thing he did was be a teacher. Until he was a good teacher, he never got promoted to be an apostle. An apostle is just a missionary with power. But, um, listen, imagine if Elton John decided he wanted to be like a pro golfer. Because he decided, I'm just going to, you know, or he listened to his parents and just got a real job. That dude is equipped and gifted. And his supernaturals are profiting him and all of us that enjoy his music. He's enjoying riches. He's in a position of honor. He's had a really long, great life now. It was rocky. But the more that he dove into his supernaturals, the better his life is great right now. I don't know if he's in the covenant. He's not in the covenant. He doesn't say he's in the covenant. 
but I know that everybody is called good and bad, bad and good. It doesn't matter. God didn't like, you know, you look in that parable in Matthew 22. It doesn't matter. We're just taking everybody. Everybody. Everybody's called, but few choose. Thank God Elton John chose because I enjoy his music. This is, you know, what are you choosing? Your supernaturals, they're not, they're irrevocable. Your strengths, your talents, your gifts, those things, those abilities which are innate rather than learned. <laughs> they ain't going away. Don't waste them. And listen, when you start off with one, you go to work, you enhance that gift, you work at it, you do, right? Then God will give you two. Then you take those two talents and abilities, those supernaturals, and God will give you four. You take four, he'll multiply them to eight. Pretty soon you're, you're operating on a whole lot of supernaturals. And life gets more profitable and easier and better and more fun. You get more honor. And listen, or don't. I, you know, just, you'll never be happy not operate. If you, you were built and wired and you were drawn to something and you'll never truly be joyful or happy or have fulfillment doing anything outside of what God set that purpose in you to do. Matthew 25 and 14. Matthew 25 verse 14. It's parable of the talents. Kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Here comes the Holy Spirit delivering unto you his goods. This is Jesus comes here and then he's leaving, but he drops off his goods, all of his abilities, his supernaturals. And he gave unto one five talents, five abilities and supernaturals. He gave unto another two talents and two supernaturals and abilities. And to another one talent. And to every man according to his individual ability. Listen, you may not be super sharp. You may only have one supernatural. Use it. To whom much is given, much is required. If you only have one, use it. If you have two, use it. Some of you got four and five and you're not using them. And straightway, Jesus leaves. He takes his journey. Then he that hath received the five, about, the five talents, the five supernaturals, he went to work and traded with the same. So he takes his supernatural abilities and he goes to work and he, takes, he gets into business. He did whatever his business is, it doesn't matter. And he made five more talents. So his five, gets, he takes his supernaturals, goes to work, maximizes them, and gets five more. And likewise, he that received two gained another two. He went to work with his two with what, according to your own ability. But he that received the one went and digged it in the earth and hid his Lord's talent. He hid that talent. He was in just a zone of competence or even the zone of incompetence. He ain't even excellent or nothing, and he's definitely not operating in a zone of genius. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came back and reckoned with them, settled the score. He that received the five supernaturals came and brought five more talents. And the Lord said, you delivered unto me five talents, five abilities. Behold, I've gained beside them five more. And the Lord said, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. 
enter into the joy of my Lord. And he also that received two talents in verse 22 said to the Lord, and the Lord delivered me, you gave me two. Behold, I went to work and I gained two more. Here you go. I was, and he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of my Lord. And he that received just the one talent, according to his own ability, I guarantee, yep, he only, he had less ability. He only had the one talent. But he said, Lord, I knew that you're a hard man, reaping where there has not sown and gathering where there has not strawed. And I was afraid. And I went and I hid my talent in the earth. So lo, here's what's yours. I'm giving it back to you. And his Lord said, well, that's all right, honey. You know, you don't need to worry about that wealth and health stuff and that prosperity stuff. You don't need to worry about, you know, yeah, I'm not, I don't care that you didn't do anything. You know what? You're, you're, come on, you're a believer. The blood of Jesus covers it. You're all good. Don't worry about it. You know, those, that's just crazy, all that, you know, riches, honor, and life stuff. You know, that's probably of the devil anyway. So you come on in. Is that what he said in verse 26? Did you say, no, I'm not a hard man. No, I don't, no, I don't gather where I didn't stride. I, I don't reap where I didn't stride. I'm not a hard man. Did he say that? Yeah, I've got brother love. I've got, you know, Birkenstock. I love you. Come here. Come on. Give me a hug. Everybody needs a, everybody's awesome. Is that what he said in verse 26? You go ahead and bury your talent. You're good, man. Don't worry about it. Blood of Jesus covers it. Grace. You don't have to not buy our works, right? You're safe. No, don't worry about it. Is that what he says? He said, you wicked and lazy, slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I didn't sow. I gather where I didn't straw. You ought to have at least, therefore, like, put my money, put my money with the exchangers, put my talent to work, even at the minimal level, zone of competence, go ahead, and then at my coming, I would at least receive something with a little bit of interest. Take that ability from him, that talent from him, that supernatural from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away from him even that which he did have. So every one of you that go to work with your supernaturals, you're going to, the things that were given to you and you do something with them, you're going to have abundance in life. Those that have your supernaturals and you didn't do anything with them, what you did have will be taken away from you at the end. Because the gifts and, ta- the gifts and calling are without repentance. They're irrevocable. <laughs> but when Jesus comes back, Whatever you did have. is And listen, I showed you that in the, the vision of the Father and the vision of Jesus was that we're all coming back to planet Earth and there's still going to be business and all kind of stuff in the thousand-year reign. And that's what, you know, what are you going to do? Maybe I'll look at that another time, but it says that, you know, if you're not devoted to your purpose, it says without holiness, holiness, and it's a whole other teaching, but without holiness, without being devoted to a single purpose, that's what holiness is, devoted to a single purpose. Without you being devoted to your single purpose, it says you're not going to get into New Jerusalem. Read it in Revelation 22. You can't, the gates of the city will be open, throne room right there, Jesus is right there, the Heavenly Father's right there, and you're not allowed in the city because you didn't fulfill your purpose. But you go ahead and make fun of, you know, wealth and prosperity and health and, you know, riches, honor, and life. Go for it, man. I, 
That's not for me, and it's not for the people I'm assigned to. Because I'm going to do something with the supernaturals that God gave me. I know that all of us are called, and I might be one of the few, the puny, the minuscule that choose, but I'm choosing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're, we choose to dig into our supernaturals and to fulfill our purpose because we know that all things work together for good, beauty, bounty, the best, happy, welfare, cheerful, glad, lighthearted, willing, health, wealth, and prosperity. That happens to all them that love God and to those who are the called that are acting daily in agreement with his purpose. If you're not acting daily in agreement with his purpose, all things don't work together for your good. That's not for us. I choose. I'm going to act in agreement daily with his purpose, which is his calling plus my supernaturals my zone of genius. I'm going to operate in my zone of genius every single day, and I don't get out of that lane. Every single day. Because what you do have, you'll be given more. Go ahead. The more you work inside your supernaturals, the more you do, the more you'll be given, and the more abundance you'll have. The more you bury your talent, you can't do anything you want to do. You got to discover what your supernatural is and double down and triple down and do that. Then everything works together for your good. (laughs) Then you can't fail. It would be impossible for you not to have riches, honor, and life. It'll be impossible for you not to have perfect peace, peace, peace. Be impossible for you to operate in fear and worrying about whatever's going on outside the planet. Lockdowns, quarantines, economic disasters, blah, 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 whatever. I don't even care because, you know, while I'm doing my supernatural, I'm in my zone of genius. I know because there's no qualifier. It says all things work together for good, them daily acting in agreement with this purpose. All things work together for beauty, bounty, better. All th- so even the worst stuff that happens, as long as I'm daily covering and acting in agreement with his purpose, with my supernaturals, with my zone of genius, it all works together for my good. Why would you not? Like, seriously, why would you not? You have to, I say, you have to be insane not to be in the covenant. You literally have to be insane to not discover your zone of genius. You have to be insane not to go after your supernaturals. You have to be insane to like be drawn to a certain work and to a certain thing and have your heart stir you up for that and to not do it. Even if someone makes fun of you. Who cares? That's the afflictions of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't worry about that. Remember, this was put in you from the beginning of the world. Act in agreement with his purpose. It was given to you before the world began. Don't worry about being a part. Don't worry about, don't worry about the afflictions that come from. Because the haters are going to hate. Listen, Jeff Bezos has haters. He doesn't care. Elton John got haters. He don't care. Tom Brady got haters. He don't care. Bill Clinton got haters. He don't care. Good or bad, get your supernaturals, find your zone of genius and go to work. And you'll have peace, peace. Remember, You cannot decide what your purpose is. You can't decide what your gifts are. You can't decide what your calling is. 
You can only discover that. Once you discover that, then you can decide your identity, how you're going to act and who you're going to be during the way, and you can decide where you're going to go with it, what your vision is, according to your faith being unto you. But you can't just make one up for your purpose. Do the work. Get alone. Intermingle with the wisdom. Seek it and let your heart discover itself, right? It's in you. It's in the DNA was put in you when you were in your mama's womb. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word sealed in our hearts. Help each individual here to just not just discover their purpose, because they can, but they have to help them do the work, help them have the desire, have their heart stir them up to discover their purpose and fulfill it, to discover their zone of genius, to discover their supernaturals, and then double and triple down on those and enhancing those abilities and talents so that if they were given one, they would turn it into two. If they were given two, they would turn it into four. If they were given five, they'd turn it into ten. And enjoy abundance and riches, honor, and life, all based on fulfilling the purpose and the holy calling that you have given us. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.